Thank you for choosing to connect with North Collins Wesleyan Church. We are a church of all ages that is passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Our congregation enjoys worship, fellowship, discipleship, and community outreach. Our worship services are every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. found in North Collins, New York. The following sermon was delivered by Pastor Justin Leininger. Again, thank you for joining with us, and we hope you enjoy. One of the more frustrating moments in my wife Julie's and my marriage came from a very stereotypical place. I don't know if this speaks to the overall health of our marriage, the ridiculousness of life, or the simple similarities behind every marriage, but our moment came about because of a place called Ikea. Yes, Ikea. Ikea, is a, if you don't know, is a Swedish furniture place, designer of cool-looking yet impossible-to-assemble furniture. Destroyer of relationships since 1943. Yes, that's not on their website. Um, <laughs> now, it's, this moment started simple. We needed a new bed, frame, and headboard, something with some storage and some, some shelf space kind of around uh, our bed, and Julie found something she liked at Ikea. I was pretty clear, and she will admit to this, I was actually very clear that I wanted nothing to do with this. Nothing. I did not want to be involved. I wanted nothing to do with this piece of furniture because I recognized the work involved, and I made that clear. So do you think we purchased it? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We purchased it. Do you think it came with a frustratingly quadrillion pieces to assemble? Of course it did. How could it be any other way? Do you think they created this piece of furniture and marketed, marketed it to couples because they knew that they were likely sabotaging relationships? I believe that to be true. Just my view, but I believe that to be true. And do you think that I stayed removed from the assembly of this piece of furniture like I intended to. We all know better. I, of course, did not. I tried, but the sounds of frustration coming from our bedroom as Julie tried to assemble this a catastrophe eventually pulled on my heart, and I had to get involved. The next, like, 18 hours were not great ones for our marriage. They were, they were not great moments. And I imagine you are, you are asking yourself, right, Justin, why? You, you were clear. You set ground rules. You set the boundary. You, you communicated, right? Why did you get involved? Why would you do that? Well, the answer is rather simple. When it comes to furniture, especially furniture from Swedish saboteurs, I am definitely not all in. But when it comes to my marriage, I absolutely am. I am 100% in the good moments and in the bad, all in. I will have new pieces of furniture. In fact, we do. That bed frame is retired. It is gone. I don't know where it is. Hopefully, it's on fire right now as we speak. I don't know. We have a nicer one, a new one, one that we paid to have assembled. Yes, we did, and it was such a better experience. But I don't live, and I won't live, like I will ever have another wife. I am all in. In our lives, there are a few things, a few things that are worth going all in for. A few things that deserve, that actually demand our 100% commitment to. That is what I believe this season of Lent 
is actually all about. This season of weeks leading up to Easter, it's all about that, recognizing and prioritizing the things of this world that have gone all in for us and that we should live all in for. Now in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44, in your pew chair Bibles, it's found on page 1005. If you want to look there, you can. We see a situation where someone has decided to go all in for God. With everything, with their last cents, they decide, their last pennies, they decide to go all in for God. This moment may not seem like much, but it is everything. And we see Jesus, as we see Jesus respond to it, we'll recognize just how important this moment, this sacrifice, this decision is. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44. Mark is one of the four Gospels, by the way. The Gospels are the books that are written about Jesus' life. And so we see Jesus' life and his ministry here in Mark. We see this moment where Jesus is in the temple courts, and he decides to sit down and kind of watch the crowd and just sit back and see what's happening. And so that's where we find him here in Mark chapter 12, verse 41. This is what it says. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. In our lives, what do we go all in for? I've got a few things that I've decided in my life I've gone all in for. What have you decided in your life you've gone all in for? Now, for me, the list is not long, and I imagine yours isn't either. Things that I really, truly have gone all in for. My list is not long. There are a lot of things I'm passionate about. Some of them, if you've been around here a little bit, you know some of my passions. But I will, I will tell you this. There are things that I'm passionate about, things that I like, things that I'll even say, oh, I love this kind of thing. But even if that's true, they are not things that I am all in for. For example, I like socks. Many of you know I like socks. Many of you have given me socks. These socks were given to me by someone in the congregation, and they are wonderful. It's what I'm dreaming of today with the sunshine. It is blue, if you can't tell. These are pink flamingos, and they're awesome in palm trees. And that makes me feel better about life right now. And I, I enjoy those socks. I like socks. I enjoy wearing weird and different socks all the time. But I am not all in for socks. I, I am not all in for socks. Many of you know, unfortunately, that I am a New York Jets fan, right? You know that about me, and, and you, you say prayers for me, I'm sure. That's okay. You know that I am, and I like the Jets. I've been invested in the Jets since I was three years old. I, I really like them. There have been times where they have won games where tears have come to my eyes. That is a true, true thing, but I am, I am not all in for the Jets. Thankfully so, I am not all in for the Jets and that doesn't mean you're going to make me a Bills fan. Still not going to happen. But, uh, but I am not, I'm not all in for them. Mountain Dew. Many of you know I like Mountain Dew. And I'll be honest with you, it's not healthy for anybody at any point in time. But there is still nothing I would rather drink in a glass, a can, in a bottle, in my hands, just sip it out of it. It doesn't matter. Like, Mountain Dew is fantastic, and I, I greatly enjoy it. And as much as I do, I will still tell you, I'm not all in for Mountain Dew. I am not. It is it is delicious, and it looks neon yellow, and it's fantastic, but I am not 
all in for it. And the last one, this is still important to me, my hair, right? I like my hair. I enjoy it. There are times like this moment right now where like it's a little out of control. Haircut needed to happen about three weeks ago, but it just, I just haven't found the time, and so I have to use more and more paste to get it to stand up and do this thing, and then the sides get crazy, and yeah, all of that. It's not great, but yet I still like it. I enjoy it. I would even say that I kind of love my hair. I do, and I actually miss. I miss because this used to not be my hair. It used to be long and curly and to be about down to here, and that was fantastic, and I'll be honest, I miss that. I don't miss people thinking my wife Julie and I were brother and sister, but I miss... I miss all the other parts of it, and, and so I miss that, but as much as I, I really like, love hair, and, and as much as out of all the things I've listed so far, this is top on the list, the hair rates above the Jets, by the way, it rates above Mountain Dew, I like my hair a lot, I am still not all in for my hair, I am not all in for great hair, I am all in for just a few small things, but does my life represent that, do my decisions, do who I am, does Right now, from, from the decisions that I'm making, do the people, does God, are all the things that I am all in for, do they even recognize that I'm all in? What about you? Jesus' disciples are in the temple courts, and they're watching the offerings that are being given. And so in this moment, they're watching people come forward, and it's a bit of a parade. Who can bring the bigger bag of, of money, right? Who can, who can make the biggest statement about how much they have? And really, the funny thing is, it's, it's, it's not even about how big of, a, how big of a, a, a pot of gold or whatever that they leave there, because it's almost a statement of how much they really have, right? Well, if I can give this much without caring, just think about how much money I, I should have, right? And so they've got all these people coming and making these donations, Many people are making a big show about it, but in all of that show, it is actually one individual who catches Jesus' eyes. There is a poor widow making her way through the crowd. The Bible says poor widow, poor meaning that she doesn't own much, she doesn't have much to her possessions. Widow telling us that she is alone and she doesn't have support really either. She's in a spot in their culture where she doesn't have a lot to, to take care of her. And so having little and having little way of supporting herself, she makes her way forward. She has very little to give. Probably no one but Jesus actually pays her any attention in this moment. She has just two small coins. The coins are actually called leptons. They are the smallest of coins in this culture. Lepton actually means the thin ones. That's what it actually means. And these coins are thin and small and they're worth very little. Probably if you saw one in the street and it was down in some dirt, you might just like walk by. It's that kind of thing, right? You might, it's not worth my, my time or effort to pick that up. I'm just going to leave that there. But, but it is all that she has, and she decides to give not just one of her coins, but both of them. Jesus calls the attention of his disciples. He wants them to understand the value of her gift. The value wasn't found in how much she gave the value wasn't found in the fact that her gift made a difference. In fact, you almost imagine that the treasury, the temple, that those receiving probably didn't even really notice the gift, right? It didn't have that big of an impact. But the value was found in that she gave everything. All she had to live on for God, for her faith, for her act of worshipful sacrifice, she went all in. What is Jesus saying? He is telling us that God, what God is looking for and he is reminding us what it takes to truly be one of God's followers. It isn't about how much you can give. It isn't about how big your impact is. It is all about giving God your all, your everything. 
God wants us to go all in. God wants you to go all in. Certain things we just have to go all in for, right? We just have to. Nothing less is okay. Nothing less will do. Nothing less than all in. God needs us. He wants us to go all in. If you have a spouse, they need you to go all in. If you have children, they depend upon you to go all in. What else is on your list? Your church, your community, your country, your friends, other family. Who needs you to go all in? Who is on your list? Here is the key. It doesn't matter how much you can give them. It doesn't matter how big your impact will be. They just need you. They just need all of you. Who needs you to be all in for them? Now, I know this sounds a bit crazy. In our culture, in our world, right, the idea of going all in, about putting others before ourselves, about doing that for, for God, of doing that for others, doing that for our community, our church, for other family members, that sounds a little crazy, right? We're in a world and a culture that says we should look out for number one, right? We should just look out for ourselves. And so I know this, this goes against everything that we, we think we should do, and quite possibly this is the hardest thing any of us can do is to go all in for someone or something. If we go all in for something, what does that look like? like? What, is, what does that mean for us? Let's look at that for a second. From this woman and this, this wonderful woman and her experience here in scripture, we see two very clear things that we know we should experience if we are going to go all in for something. And that, that can kind of define what we're going all in for right now. The first is this. If we go all in for something, it puts us in a vulnerable place. And I think in our culture, we have this belief that being vulnerable equals being weak right? Vulnerability equals weakness. I think that's what we're led to believe. But the truth is, especially with God, being vulnerable is actually where we find our strength. Paul David Tripp in his devotional New Morning Mercies, he says this, he says, don't fear your weaknesses. God supplies all the strength you need. He said, be afraid of the moments when you think you are independently strong. Be afraid of those moments. When we are vulnerable for God, when we are vulnerable for others, we are actually in our strongest moments. And in fact, those relationships that mean so much to us, they are strengthened and they are made stronger by our vulnerability. If you want to go all in, you must be vulnerable. Just recently, Julie and I had the opportunity to speak at a marriage retreat, a marriage seminar. The theme for the retreat was love for a lifetime. And when we heard that at first, I was taken back a little bit. I was like, lifetime? Am I that old? Like, do I, am I, do I rate like lifetime status? I don't think that I rate lifetime status. But I thought, no, this is a sign of maturity, like a little bit of gray, right? Yeah, this little bit of gray. This like rates, this is like a mature thing. They look at us and it's like, oh, maturity. And we'll take that as a compliment. And the truth is we've been married for over 15 years now. And the and I know that for many of us, that's not a lifetime, but in our world and in our culture, as we look at marriages, we recognize, yeah, that's a lifetime. That is a lifetime. And so we decided to just share and to share what we know. Our key was this, be completely committed. 
If there's one thing that we've gotten right in our relationship of kind of stumbling into marriage at a young age and not really knowing anything or having things saved or having any of those details that they tell you are important to figure out, the one thing that we had figured out is we were completely committed 100%. We are all in with our life, with our finances, with our schedules, with our bank accounts, with our everything. We are all in 100% committed. And honestly, there is no other way to do marriage. How easy is it for us in all of our relationships with God, with marriage, with anything? How easy for, for us is it to leave ourselves escape plans, right? To leave ourselves ways out, to hold certain parts of ourselves back, parts we don't reveal, parts we don't open up, parts we remain hidden. We are afraid of being vulnerable, emotionally, spiritually, physically, social media-ly, that's not a word, but like vulnerable, right? We are afraid of that. Julie has all of my passwords. She knows how to check all of my search history. She has all of that. Nothing is hidden in any social media, in any of those kinds of things. That is vulnerability. But in vulnerability, there is our greatest strength, right? There is our greatest strength. In our relationship with God, when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable for him, that is where we find our greatest strength. Our faith and our walk with God will only be strong when we let ourselves be vulnerable for him, when we depend upon him. This poor widowed woman gave God everything. She had nothing to offer her support, nothing to say, oh, if you give these two cents, but two more cents are coming your way. She had nothing to say that, but she still gave everything, and she was 100% vulnerable. The tough part for us is, and as I read the story, the thing that I don't like, like it makes me quake a little bit, it makes me feel vulnerable, is like the story doesn't continue, right? There's no follow-up with this woman. We see she comes in, we're told she has no support system, and she gives her only money, and she walks away, and we have no idea what happened to her. She just disappears from history, right? And like I feel vulnerable for her, and there's a part of me that like quakes at that, like do we not know? And like, I'm worried about her dinner plans. Like, I'm worried, like, does she have food on her table? Like, has that been taken care of? What's the plan for the next day? Does she have a place to live? I don't know any of those things. And I start to feel vulnerable for her, right? But that is the best. And the truth is, it's the best that we don't have the answer because we know the answer, right? We know that God took care of this woman. We know it. We know he did. Because when we are vulnerable, when we are at our weakest, that is when his strength can come alive in our lives. That is when it can come alive. The first thing to being all in is being vulnerable. The second thing to being all in is to making sure that we, making sure that we sacrifice. Love means sacrifice. For this woman, the decision to give her coins, it literally cost her, right? It literally cost her and cost her everything. But her love, her passion, her faith was that important to her. This week, I spent time racking my brain, sitting in my office, trying to think of like every gift and thing that was, has been given to me, that has been done for me, that has been meaningful to my life, and to try to think of all of those and to try to find one where there wasn't a sacrifice, right? Like one where someone didn't sacrifice money, time, talents, treasures, something for me to have this experience, for me to be lifted up, for me to be shown that I was loved. And I, I couldn't come up with one thing. 
where, there, where a true statement of something wonderful that was done or given to me where there wasn't a sacrifice on the other side. We even talk about this as Christians, right? We talk about God's free gift to us, and we always say that, right? Like our forgiveness, our, his grace, and all that, it's free to us. Was it free? No, it was not free, right? Like it's free to us, but the ultimate price was paid by Jesus Christ. There is no free gift. There is no free gift. He paid again and again for us, and he made the ultimate sacrifice for us. It is free to us, but it was not free. It was not free. We recognize that, right? Any true statement of love, of care, of compassion, it involves a sacrifice. Real giving is sacrificial. Real generosity, it hurts Real faith, real love, sacrifices, they hold nothing back. It is willing to pay whatever price necessary. If you want to be all in for something, you're going to need to sacrifice. If you want someone to know that you love them, that you're all in for them, nothing says that like sacrifice does. Being all in, it means being vulnerable. Being all in, it means making a sacrifice. For the things that you care about, for the things that you are all in for, will you be vulnerable? Will you make a sacrifice? As we've spoken earlier in service, Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. It is the start of the season of Lent. Lent is those 46 days from Ash Wednesday all the way up to Easter Sunday. As we've said already, Lent is not a Wesleyan thing per se, and I understand we often view it as more of something the Catholic Church does, but none of that matters. Lent is and will always be what we make of it. There's no rules for us in that. It's what we decide to do from this season. So Wesleyans, Catholics, Baptists, even if you're from Canada, it doesn't matter. It's there for you for whatever you make of this moment. Make of Lent what you want it to be. The Bible doesn't tell us how to celebrate the season. We created this And so we can see it and use it how we want. But I would encourage you to remember that love and faith often work like muscles, right? And we have to use them for them to be strong. We have to use them for them to be strong. The the original purpose of Lent was to spend time recognizing the depths of all that Jesus went all in for us, right? To recognize that. As we approach Easter, we remember Jesus' suffering, his sacrifice, and his death for us. The cost that he paid for us, we remember that. Traditionally, we do that by sacrificing things. And I think a lot of times when people think of Lent, they think of, what do I have to sacrifice this year? Like, what do I have to give up? I've got to give up something. And that's true. That is traditionally part of it. We suffer. And the idea there is we suffer because it reminds us, it keeps this ever-present recognition there before us that, that Jesus suffered for us. So every time I suffer and I miss something and I sacrifice something, I think to myself, well, This is minor compared to what Jesus did for me, but it keeps it right there on my mind as we approach Easter, all that Jesus has done for me. That's kind of the traditional thought. I find that's valuable, but I also find that Lent offers me a challenge. As I remember how Jesus went all in for me, it challenges me to look at my life and to invest in going all in for the things that matter most for my life and to spend time focusing on that. For example, how can I better go all in for God. How can I better go all in for God? So you might ask yourself some questions. What can I do to grow my relationship with him? 
What sacrifice will remind me of his sacrifice for me? And what will help me grow in that depth in my connection with him? I don't know about your walk with God, but I'll be honest about mine. Sometimes there are great, wonderful moments, and then other times there are tough seasons. Seasons where he feels distant. Seasons where the connection just isn't working quite right. Seasons where it's just, it just feels empty a bit, right? And, and that connection isn't wonderful. Seasons where I open the Bible for my devotions, and I'm, I'm looking and I'm reading, but nothing's coming in here, and I'm not being wowed, and, and I want it to be hunky-dory, and it's like, oh, every time I open the Bible, it gives me exactly what I need, but that doesn't happen and it just doesn't. I don't know about you, but I find for myself, I often need seasons where I refresh, right? Seasons where it comes back alive. Seasons where I focus, where I shake things up, where I do something new. For me, Lent is a wonderful opportunity to do that, to make some new commitments, to make some new steps, to, to make some sacrifices, change up my routine, fast, focus, just pour into it. And I find that every time I take one step closer to God, he takes a hundred steps closer to me. And it is in those moments where I shake things up and I make that special effort that his effort is, is out of this room. It's amazing. And I have that connection. Lent is a season for me like that. Next question is, how can I better go all in for my wife and my family and anybody I have a relationship with that I am going all in for? For the ones I love, how can I sacrifice more? How can I better that relationship? What can I give up, change, redo, make a difference so that that relationship is more? I'll be honest, with my children, right now life is busy, right? And things are crazy and I come home from work and my brain starts to be dead and the easiest thing is to find some kind of electronic to just let your brain like relax, right? But that's one of the things I notice is like I'm not giving them the 100% that they deserve in those moments. And so one of my challenges for myself coming into this is to change that. To make sure that those hours between like 2 and 8 o'clock, they are theirs and I am as committed as I can be. What about my relationship with my wife, Julie? How can I allow her to know through my sacrifice, through my vulnerability, that she means everything to me and that I am all in for her? Lent gives us that opportunity. And honestly, one last one. How can I go all in for who God made me to be? If you've never heard this, the way we are often instructed to kind of prioritize our life is to do this. We, we recognize this. We recognize that God comes first, then family, then ourselves. But we recognize that, that this ourselves part is incredibly important, right? We have to watch over ourselves. We have to make sure we are making good decisions for ourselves. We have to care for our body, our mind, our spirit, right? That is important. Scripture tells us our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. Do we treat it that way? Have we taken that care of ourselves? So how can I be a better spirit, body, and mind so that I can live to the full potential that God created me to be? Yes, God comes first, my family comes second, but I have to care for myself as well, and you need to care for yourself as well. Care for your body, care for your spirit, care for your mind. Allow Lent to be a time where you take some opportunities to focus on yourself to better yourself. It might be challenging your mind. It might be saying, I want to read certain books. It might mean I want to do certain things to, to, to learn more about God. It might be looking at your body and saying, I'm going to die and I'm going to fast and I'm going to do certain things so I feel healthier. But whatever that is, take that opportunity for yourself. I don't know about you, but there are things in my life that I am all in for and I want to go all in for them. In your bulletin, you'll notice there's a paper clipped few cards in there and 
One of those I encourage you to grab out is the, the whitish tan one that says my personal Lenten goals. And this is there for you. This is not for you to hand in. This is just there for you to use as a tool if you want it or not. It doesn't matter, but you can fill this in, stick it in your refrigerator, slip it in your Bible, do whatever. If you decide you want to make certain steps during this Lenten time to do that, again, there's no pressure from us as a church. This is for you, but we care about you and we care about your walk with God and your health. And so we just encourage you to make the most of this season, whatever that means for you. And so this opportunity is there. It could look like a lot of things. I know for myself over the past, there are things that I automatically give up every Lent. Mountain Dew is out the door because if I want to suffer for God, that's one thing that makes Jesus come to my mind right away is because I miss that. In fact, the last few years, and I'm going to do it again this year, I will drink just water for the season of Lent, and that will be no fun. It will be vulnerability and sacrifice and all of those things, but it will bring Jesus to my mind all the time. I'll be honest with you, while there is that spiritual side of it, I'm not going to deny that there's not a health side to it too, right? I am healthy and better person when I drink just water. It's true. In the past, some seasons, I often look for that. Two years ago, I gave up for Lent. I gave up all meat. And that was, I don't know about your diet. For me, that was ridiculously difficult. I'm not even sure what I would eat, and I had to figure that out. And for those of you who go by that diet all the time, you are amazing and strong and better than me. Um, but what is that challenge for you? One that helps your health, but most importantly, reminds you of Jesus Christ what about for your own personal and mental, mental edification? What books do you want to read? What challenges do you want to set forth? How do you want to change up your, your devotional time or to spend more time in devotions or in prayer? What different things do you want to do to change that? And, and don't forget the people in your life that you're all in for. What do you want to change about your schedule to just be more and more all in for them? Take that opportunity. Remember in the end, this is for you. Feel no pressure from our church. We don't get anything if we participate in this. We're not, we're not worried about that in any way, shape, or form. We are just interested in your walk with Jesus Christ and in helping you in that and in your overall health. So however we can empower you in that, allow that to happen. We also do recognize this. You'll notice in that there are two other cards that are bright yellow. For our church, this season, this year, holds an interesting step for us. You will notice those other cards in your bulletin. We are beginning a financial campaign for a family life center as a church. As we do this, I want you to hear, and please hear this most importantly, this is my least favorite thing ever to talk about, and you won't hear me talk about finance as much. I do not like it at all, and it cringes. I'm cringing inside right now as I'm even talking to you in this moment, um, but I recognize as, as the leader of this church, this is something that I, it is my job to, to be a part of addressing this and, and to bringing this forward to you, but please further hear this. As with all of our giving, there is no pressure here. We as a church, we believe in tithing. We believe in giving our 10% because we believe that's a faith statement. It is not about what the church receives. We are not worried about funding this church. That is not our worry or our fear in any way, shape, or form. What we are concerned about is all of our spiritual walk, and we understand that finances are a big part of that. Trusting God with your first 10%, that first funding, having that faith, that is incredibly important. And probably nothing speaks to God about our faith before our checkbooks do, right? Nothing is harder, nothing is more meaningful, nothing makes that statement. It is true. It is simply true. But understand, as a Wesleyan church, 
in terms of our membership and those of you who have gone through membership here, it's not in there, right? Tithing is not a part of being a member here at all. It is not addressed. Uh, honestly, our, our giving numbers, I as your pastor, I do not know them. I don't, I don't know like 98% of those giving numbers of what you give and what you have given in the past. I don't know those things. I don't want to know those things. I don't care to know these things. Our church operates better when we don't and I don't know those things. And that is healthy and it is good and it is not where our concern is. So please hear that and know that it has nothing to do with you belonging and being here. We are concerned about your health in that. We believe in tithing. We also believe in something called sacrificial giving. We believe in sacrificing for something that we believe in and not just making a gift, but making a sacrificial gift, being all in, being vulnerable and sacrificing for the things that matter to us. We believe in that. We believe in this church, not the building, but the people, and we believe in its future, its ministry, and its opportunity to impact this community. Because of that, some of us have decided to go all in, all in for you, all in for this church body, and for this community. It is for those individuals that these cards are for. One is for you to fill out and to hand in in an offering plate or wherever to the church office. One is for you to keep for yourself so you know the commitment that you are making. But it is for those individuals who are all in that these cards are for. I want you to know for me and for my family that we have gone all in for this community. We are not from North Collins. If you would have asked me six years ago where North Collins was, I couldn't have picked it out at all. I didn't even know where Collins was to go north of it. I didn't know any of that. So, so I couldn't have helped you out at all. We were not raised here. At times, honestly, just being totally honest, don't hold this against me. I'm hit or miss about Western New York, right? I'm hit or miss. Don't be insulted by that. It's just true. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I'm never going to be a Bills fan. You can want that. You can pray for that. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I don't know about all of this snow all the time, although this year has not been that bad, right? But I don't, I don't know about all of this snow. But we have spent almost five years here, and what we have learned is that we are all in for you, for this church and this community that has so often wonderfully and life-changingly been all in for us. We are all in for you, and we want to continue to go all in. We want to be vulnerable, and we want to sacrifice for the future here. Right now, and I, I share this only because I've been encouraged that as a leader, we need to set the example, and so you need to know where our heart is and how all in we are for you. Right now, on our family's heart, and we're maybe not 100% decided on this number for sure, but we're 99% there. We are planning to donate over the next three years at least $15,000 to this vision and this dream because we want, we want to give in a way that hurts. We want to give in a way that is vulnerable, that is sacrificial. We want to give in a way that allows everybody to know that we are all in. All into this dream and to this community. So I ask you, will you join us in going all in? North Collins, the lives of the people that we care about, they will only be reached and be changed when someone's decide to go all in. I ask you, will you be, will you join us in being those people? Let's pray. Father in heaven, God above, God, I thank you for the wonderful illustrations in Scripture of people who have gone all in.
God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have just to make a difference in this community. To see what happened in scripture, the people who went all in, and to God to decide to try to live that out for ourselves. God, many of us here have callings to go all in. We recognize that we have been called and encouraged to go all in for you. So God, I pray over that blessing. I pray over each and every individual here this morning, God, who, who may need, they may need something fresh in their relationship and walk with you. And God, this season of Lent, it gives them that opportunity to switch things up, to change things, to refocus their devotions, to spend more time in prayer, to do whatever it is, God. Maybe they simply need to sacrifice something that is a part of their life so they, they remember what you have done for them again and again and that is brought to the front of their minds again and again and they remember you and it changes their priorities in life. God, I ask that you would bless us with that. And bless those endeavors and steps we take. As we take that step forward, God, continue to take steps towards us. Thank you for continually reaching out for us. God, I recognize that there are some families and friendships right now, God, that, that we have gone all in for. God, I ask that you would just help us in those, in those steps and those relationships. God, there are people who depend on us, people who need us. God, I pray over the relationships, the marriages right now. God, nothing but all in, nothing but 100% will do. May we be vulnerable for one another. May we commit everything that we can. May we hold nothing back. And God, for our children, for those who depend upon us, God, may we be willing to sacrifice all that we can for their future. And God, we pray over this church and this community. God, we recognize the wonderful area of North Collins around us. We recognize the opportunity that we have to make a difference. God, you are calling us to go all in for this community. And so, God, I ask for your blessing on this church. And for those in our congregation who have decided to go all in for this place, its ministry, and most importantly, the people here. God, may we invest in our future. As we think of our children and our youth and every adult here, God, may we go all in and for each other and be excited to see lives come to you, hearts change, and people to live for you with all that they have. God, I lift up each and every individual. Many of us need to take time during this season of Lent to simply treat our bodies, our hearts, our minds in a real and challenging way that makes us better people. So God, whatever that is, we ask that you would help us and challenge us in that. May we take steps for you. May we remember that our bodies are temples for your Holy Spirit. May we treat them as such. May we challenge ourselves and grow. Be with us now, God. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.